0: We're so excited to bring this episode to you from the Writing Heights Writers Conference 2023.
1: We've stolen away some of our excellent presenters from classes, intensives,
0: and maybe even the restaurant.
1: We're looking forward to sharing their knowledge with you. Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts.
0: Let's Let's get get into it.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Today we've got Tracy L. Jones. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, We're going to talk, Miranda was excited, we're going to talk about backstory, character stuff. Um, But first, you get to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are in the writing world. How
2: I got to where I, well,
1: um, my mother gave me, we won't go
2: back this far, I promise, (laughs) but my mother (laughs) did give me a typewriter when I was in fourth grade, which is when I wrote my first story over Christmas break. Skip all the way to college. I was going to be an English major, and I took an upper division class my first semester as a freshman and bombed it. It was Shakespeare, and my English professor told her I was told me I was a horrible writer. Mm. Gosh, that's a bad so, professor. <laughs> yeah, it was. So I changed my major to psychology and did not take another English class until last semester, senior year. You know, and then went into the workforce, blah, blah, blah. But when I was about 35, I felt like something was missing. And what was missing was writing. So I was flipping through the the newspaper. That was how long ago it was. And I saw a writing certificate that the University of Denver was offering in creative writing. And I started taking classes. And in one of those classes, one of the homework assignments turned into the first chapter of my first published novel. And from then, uh, be- the first novel that I wrote actually won a Coretta Scott King John Steptoe New Talent Award. So that led the publisher that I was working with to buy the second uh, manuscript. And then my editor brought the third manuscript. Then I got a, th- a new editor, and he did not want anything that I that I was giving him so six seven years later I started teaching in between um, that long drought of not being able to get published at all it was like I was starting from scratch so I finally found an agent because I thought well I kind of need I mean what happened at my old publisher is that my first editor bought my my first manuscript, bought my second, and then they fired her. So I got a new editor, and she bought my third manuscript, and then she quit. Oh my goodness! And then I got a Wait, new so, editor. How many editors have you gone through? Yeah, it was three. Oh, it wow. was three over. You know, and they always left like halfway through. Mm. That's not good process. for consistency. Yeah. Uh. It was not, no. And I went from a, an editor with 28, 29 years experience to an editor with who was 28. <laughs> um, and then to a what I call a, a, an icky boy editor. You know, I'm writing my audience in my head when I write. You usually have somebody you're writing for. And I'm writing for uh, someone who was like me growing up. And I write young A. So I was writing for... an. Uh, 11 to 15-year-old African-American girl and they gave me a, a 49 year old white <laughs> male editor who I told yeah it. right and then he told me oh yeah this is not what your market is looking for Are you i'm sure? thinking
0: sure i'm pretty sure my market was is like, is? Well,
2: last time i don't know when you were last a black teen but <laughs> when i was a black teen it was it, i was writing i was trying to write stories that would resonate for for girls like me growing up you know, I always felt like I was a bit of a misfit um, because I think all teens do. I was just saying,
1: yeah, yeah it's I that's a common that.
2: thing. I think all teens feel like, the, you know, they were misfit. I wasn't bullied or anything; it was just all in my head. But you know, I liked musicals. I was African American in Colorado. It's yeah. just not, you know, I didn't blend yeah. particularly with, you know, with anybody, which was fine, and I was perfectly happy. I had a great childhood great teens I was always happy until I didn't make cheerleader my my (laughs) junior that was that was my big heartbreak you know so I had a fine childhood but I always wanted to I still write for for teens I write characters who feel as if they don't fit in because I think that is something that's universal yeah and then I use my African-American frame of reference to color that experience. And hopefully that will resonate with not only any teen reader, but particularly teen girls, teen African-American girls. So that's a long way to, well, to go and, that. <laughs> I like I just, it, and, yeah, and like... it
1: segues perfectly into what we're talking about, which is character backstory. And right. um, I guess one, of, like our first question was just like, which maybe it seems obvious, but why do characters need a backstory?
2: Well, what you want to do is give your readers a sense that the character that they meet has lived before they meet them, right? So before that first page, you want to give the, the feeling that that character has some sort of pain or trauma or experience who has, which has led them to be who they are when your, your reader meets them. And that it will explain some of their actions and decisions that are going to drive your plot forward.
0: Well, they, and they need to feel like they're already alive, right? And that you're not building them on the page, right?
2: They need. Then it helps to to make your character feel authentic, right? And it helps you as a writer too when you need them to be afraid and it's something that normally people wouldn't be afraid of. Then you can be like, well, she's afraid of this (laughs) because when she was five, she was locked in a closet and it gave her that trauma and that pain. So now you can use that as a plot point, right? And you're not, and it doesn't feel like you're just, your hands are in there. It feels. Feels natural for that character to have that pain, in. and the reader knows that because you you've seen a flashback, or in the past they've talked about. Well, you know, I am definitely afraid of dogs because when I was visiting a friend, their dog attacked, and now even puppies scare me, and so now I can't go in there and do whatever. Right? It gives you as a writer a literary device to push your your narrative and push your your character forward and raise the stakes and increase tension
1: yeah well and it helps it helps your reader be invested in the character right. too because them feeling believable them them being authentic like we are believable people because we are real and right. so it's easier to connect with someone that you feel like is real and then you're interested in their story and and even just having the backstory like you have to do other stuff too but even just that will help Propel the reader through right. the rest of the the plot,
2: and often it gives the reader, you know, something to really resonate with. Like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I yeah. am deathly afraid of moths, and it is moth <laughs> season, and I cannot go outside. Right. So it gives, and it also helps you create a character arc. Right. It gives you gives you something to um, create change. You know, from the beginning of the book, you're like, okay, you have this background trauma. Let's see if we can work through it as the story progresses. And so when you're at the end of the end of your your story, end of your plot, your character has grown. Right. Right. It gives them something to grow from.
0: So where, when do you create backstory for your characters? Because I know also as a writer, I tend to like, um, I don't always have their full backstory developed, but then like, I'll kind of start with like bits and pieces. I'll kind of start the story, kind of do some backstory, kind of start the story, kind of do some backstory. But I've got A couple of writer friends who they have got the whole history (laughs) of the person from birth till now, and it is written now. And we're (laughs) honestly, I think
2: all that varies, right? It's like each book is almost like your own kid, right? And you don't sometimes you don't even know what you're you think you have an idea of what this kid is going to be and as as you're writing you're like oh i don't know where that came from but (laughs) okay it's almost sometimes if you're lucky like during those really peak writing experiences it's just flowing it's almost like your character is just allowing you to tell their story And sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's work. And sometimes you work yourself into a corner and then you can use your, then you're like, I got to create a reason. Yes. (laughs) Right? So I think it really varies. And I think, you know, each time you write some, there's some things that feel very organic. Mm -hmm. Like you just know, like, oh, I just know this. This is why this character is here and I can use this and this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes you have a plot and you're like trying to create a character to push that plot that you want to tell, right? Sometimes you have a story, but not the character. And sometimes the character emerges fully formed in your head. So really, it's, it's book to book. Um, and sometimes it's during the editing process, mm, yeah. right? It, something doesn't quite feel right. And you're like, why doesn't this feel authentic? Why does it feel like I was just in there? you know forcing it and you have to go back and edit and create a backstory to make it feel right so I don't know that there's ever a rule of thumb worth writing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I agree and I feel like sometimes that can be hard the the going back and changing someone's backstory I know like I've written characters and then and then I'll walk away from the story for a long time and I'll come back and like those people are people and even though I'll realize that you know this doesn't work for the plot it, it's hard for me to, to change them.
0: <laughs> so I guess right. I'm asking, what do I do, like, we do
1: can when we I do? need to change my character, but I feel like I can't because they are them.
2: There's an exercise that I'll do tomorrow at the seminar where um, I ask everybody to write down significant and insignificant mm. backstory elements. Because as a writer, there are things you know about your character that make that for reasons you don't even know why, That have no bearing and are not going to make it into the book. Mm -hmm. But you just happen to know them. And then there are significant things, the backstory, that you know that you actually use. And then I ask them to say, well, is this going to be revealed during dialogue? Is this revealed during a flashback? Like, how are you going to use this backstory? Because backstory in and of itself slows your pacing. Right. um, Because it's exposition. And flashbacks in and of themselves just really slow your patient because you're pulling the reader out of your pushing forward narrative and taking them back in time. So it has to, you have to do that for a reason. A good Mm -hmm. reason. Right. And so when you, when the reader comes back to the present, you have to have a changed present, right? Because now the reader understands something or sees something and knows something that was different before the flashback.
1: Yeah, I'm always telling people that flashbacks are really hard to
0: do well. They're very hard to do well. So, um, sorry, I'm just trying to make sure we hit most of our, because I just, I want to tangent, but I'm trying to I be mean, good. We, you <laughs> can tangent, <laughs> tangent, We can
1: tangent. We can go. We'll go
0: with you. Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> so flashbacks are hard to do well. Right. What are some other tools to convey backstory? Because there's, there's always dialogue. Like
2: but Dialogue is
0: quick and easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know. But I, how, I, do you, how do you avoid, um, I don't know, and this is probably dating this episode a little bit, but how many people have seen the new D&D movie, The oh, Dungeons no, & Dragons? I Dr- yeah, haven't I seen it yet. yet. Yeah. Um, there's a, this shouldn't be a spoiler, but there's a point at the beginning where he's like, well, let me tell you my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually basically starts with that and kind of goes through. And because it's a movie, I think it worked because we have visuals you to have go visuals. with it. Right. Well,
1: and he hung a lantern on it.
0: And right. he hung a lantern on it, um, but there's they they definitely created a situation where it's like, why are you here? Justify, da 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 da. And he's like, well, it all let starts me with. <laughs> and and he goes on. I think it's for it's not quite ten minutes, oh, wow. but it's it's definitely a lengthy lengthy er intro. But they punch it with humor and stuff like that. But in a novel, I don't think that would work because it's like, well, let me tell you how I came to be here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well. So. It's almost as, as, I mean, you could do that. Like there is, um, has anyone read the, the book, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue? Oh, I... I have it on my shelf. I have not <laughs> gotten to it yet. <laughs> so the, the, it, you can do it structurally, right? So you start out with her at, at the very, very beginning of her life, and she lives a very long time. Um, and then you flash forward, hmm. and right, and then there's a a big space where you're in the present time for us, and will be, fl- and then they'll go back to the 1700s. So I mean, you can do it structurally, okay. but that's part of the story's narrative for that book,
1: mm. um, and it sort of has to fit the theme of the it book. And it
2: has to fit the theme of the book. If you think we were talking about Harry Potter number five, and there's a ton of backstory in that because then you're doing all the backstory for Voldemort. So he's not even like a main, he's a main character, but you never, yeah. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of backstory and she does it magically, right? right. So they go back and they see things magically, which is great. If you're if writing, you spe- yeah, <laughs> writing speculative fiction for, for realistic fiction, It's always best, right, to use a sensory thing to to trigger a flashback. So, you know, she's cleaning out her mother's house and she sees a necklace and she'll flash back to a scene. And right. And so then the doorbell will ring and that brings her back to the present so you can weave it in as opposed to just having oh the last time i had the, you know right she's talking to her sister that's boring but if mm-hmm. you see something or she smells peppermint tea and she she goes back to when her the last time she had that peppermint tea and there's a, a a memory that is useful for your story then you have something bring her back out so you use a sense something seen or smelled or heard to get get them back and then bring them back. Yeah. Or you can just use tenses, right? If you're writing in the past tense, you go to past perfect. And then once you're in the flashback, you're in pre- pat- <laughs> past tense. <laughs> past I have a whole chart because it's really confusing. Yes. It's the had had, you know, mm-hmm. they, they had had they had done this con before where he had even bought, gotten a, a baseball glove and they had and no one had noticed when they did such and such. And then you can bring it yeah. back with a past tense so you can use tenses okay well the nice that, thing
1: with that oh go ahead i was gonna say like the, when you use the had like that and i'm also blanking on the official term i think yeah like past perfect or it's something past, perfect, past perfect. I, yeah. yeah um and you you only have to use that for like a sentence or a two and or then two. you can do the rest in, in regular past right. tense and then you can do a sentence or two to bring it
0: back right that is exactly perfect. what i was going to yeah. ask because <laughs> i have gotten dinged by many a by many a Critique group, um, or other people that are like, "This is passive writing. This is passive writing." I'm like, "Yes, it is in the past." Like, it was. Is- right. so, yeah, so-, so it has to. Yeah, um, it's not happening now. And, and so yeah. my my question was going to be, "How long do you get away with that?" But you yeah. just answered that. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. nicely. Yeah,
2: it's very quick, and it's, it has to be those short little, mm-hmm. s- small scenes. Yeah. And one of the keys, also, when you're in the past, in a flashback, you're. Trying to write almost a new character, a new (laughs) character in the past who could possibly turn into your present tense character, right? Not trying to write your present tense character as a kid.
0: Makes sense, because they have to grow into that person and not just be a mini-me version. Right, exactly, exactly. Makes total sense. I know I've been playing around with, in my own writing, trying to, like drop backstory on like a sentence level but have it be have it be something like man the last time she got this call was her ex-boyfriend ted or something like that right, just, and have it be a little punchy just, little, just one sentence and, and then, then we're then leaving it, it all yeah and to so, keep your pacing right yeah keep that forward push trying to trying to do it that small but right yeah i've been also struggling with like larger scenes and larger fastbacks Flashbacks. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> or you can just, you know, slap in a dinkus, those little...
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just
2: slap in a dinkus, the little symbols. Oh, yeah. And then go into a scene. Slap right. Another. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, Or, you know, you can do it structurally. Right. It's not usually as interesting as doing it, yeah. you know.
1: Well, and I think I was just, like, another way to do it, like, you sort of mentioned conversation, and I think conversations can be a really good way to do backstory but you have to be careful how you do it or you run the risk of doing like the maiden butler dialogue of having two people talking about something they have no reason to be talking they both know it perfectly well right um but you have but you can do it like i don't know i always come back to the incredibles and the scene in uh when mr incredible and frozone are in the burning building Mm-hmm. and it's a perfect way of explaining like their history you see their their relationship you see what they were like as superheroes and also you learn about their powers because they're arguing with each other about, about it yeah, but right. they're not <laughs> but they're not just saying like you know you can you have these ice I have these ice powers I can do this thing it's like right. why aren't you doing when this why are your ice powers not working? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway that, I think that's a good way of uh, doing but they do it both dialogue. ways
2: because right they're sitting in the car right yeah and it's just you know they're talking about their old time and it feels fine Mm -hmm. right and it gives a little bit of of information about their relationship and you know what they've done their history right and it's not particularly boring yeah exactly but then you you switch right to the action it's not a very long scene and so that's the key yeah short yeah you want to use it as um you don't want to use it as sauce you want to use it as seasoning right right And if you find you're using a ton of backstory, then you probably have started your story in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. Right. If there's all this, you're like, oh, my reader needs to know this and this and this. Then you got to start it back there because you don't want to keep going backwards. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to start it in the right spot.
0: How many times have you had to do a like... I, I guess I need to ask a different question. Have you ever had to do a major revision because of backstory stuff that has come out or has it always been kind of minor? And then how do you, cause I know I've in the drafting process have trashed many a words because I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no, oh, this was too much. This was the backstory and not this but all of all of this was built on my first point like the story up until now was built on point 1 but it's actually point 2 and so now we need to go back through and redo everything with point 2 in mind
2: i revise as i go so i don't mm-hmm. generally have a lot of big revisions and in the past there were i spent a lot of time in the car just driving Commuting. forever to no to <laughs> volleyball oh. to <laughs> soccer practice yeah. And then each practice was two hours two hours long. So, would, but on the way to and from, um, if I wasn't talking to my kids or they were ignoring me, <laughs> I would figure out what my next where what I needed to do when I sat down to write. So I did all my pre writing and hmm. all my planning before because I knew I only had an hour and a half or two hours to write. Uninterrupted by anybody. So I always had to plan before so I could just sit down and write.
0: Makes sense.
2: Yeah. So I didn't, ha- I, uh, and I hate the revising process. So I try <laughs> really, really, really hard not have to do major big picture revisions. Or, you know, I think about it, it takes me forever to go to sleep. My husband can go to sleep in like 0.3 seconds. <laughs> oh, of course. And it takes me for. Ever to fall asleep. And so, what I I do is I think about my writing then, since all my kids are now old and they drive themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So, I and I have they're out of the house and not out of my pocket, but out of the (laughs) house. So, does that ever? Yeah. So, and it actually and that has made writing so much harder because now I have too much free time.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
2: my time is so unstructured now that it's hard for me to structure in the writing time. It's a really strange, I you know yeah. I feel like I do better when I like, okay, you have an hour and a half, got to get it done. Yes. Now I'm like,
1: oh, I have all day. <laughs> I can do, oh, oh, it's three. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Where'd the day go? Yeah. I, I have had yeah. that exact problem too. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's really an odd thing. Mm-hmm. It's part of my Gen X. Like <laughs> it's too much. I have to be doing something all the time. And if I'm not, then I'm doing nothing. So it's a strange sort of,
1: well, unfortunately i think we're out of time oh, okay. i know oh. but this was a great conversation oh, it's sad okay. um about we characters and backstory yes, yes we should yeah. Yeah. definitely need yeah. um, well thanks yeah well, thanks for coming thank you
0: for joining us of Tracy. course oh right my pleasure question for our listeners question we, for our listeners what is your favorite character's backstory let us know at our socials stay sharp my friends We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Writing Forge, a Writing Heights podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge, check out our social links in the episode description. Subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. For more informational writing content, be sure to become a Writing Heights member.